Welcome back to the Always Love Yours podcast. I'm Jared. And I'm Krista. And today is a special day because we have a guest on our podcast. So this wonderful woman is my sorority sister. I met her when she was a freshman at Cal State Northridge. Ooh, my doors. Um, and yeah, she was, you know, and still is my ride or die. And we have a lot of adventures together. <laughs> now that I really think about it, we've been to so many concerts together. And she's just a wonderful person and a lifetime friend. And without further ado, here's Ashley. Hi, Ashley. Or What's Diane. Up? You, you, you know, yeah, or Ashley. You know both, because whoever's going to hear this, they're going to be like, Diane, Ashley, question mark? <laughs> Can you explain why it's either or? <laughs> yeah, man, it's kind of complicated, but I'll get straight to it. So I'm named after my aunt, Diane, which mm-hmm. I was raised around. I don't know why they were like, yo, let's give her her aunt's name and be around her aunt all the time. But then my family decided, well, we need a backup name for her, which would be Ashley. <laughs> So professionally, my first name is Diane. So hello, if you meet me at work or professionally, I'm Diane. But if you meet me outside of that, I'm Ashley. (laughs) I always got confused. (laughs) Like, what do I call you? You imagine me at Starbucks and they ask me name. (laughs) I'm uh, Ashley. Diane. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when when I have to introduce myself I don't know who to introduce myself as Never. do you go between like how do you differentiate like who how when to do Diane and when to do Ashley I like Ashley better Diane's so horrible <laughs> I get Diane is like my old woman name um but how I do it is I I tell everybody that Diane is the one with the money and Ashley's the cute one so <laughs> That's, that's how I go by it. it. It depends. How am I meeting you? You know, is it business or is it not? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> business or pleasure. That's so funny because when I met Jared, they a lot of people were saying like, oh, who's the CC or the old Krista? Because a lot of people tell him stories and he hasn't seen that side of me yet. So he's always like, oh, the old CC is coming out. <laughs> I think that's similar to you and your names. It's like Diane or Ashley. Yes. What, what I can say about CC, Jared, is <laughs> if you were ever a fan of the Pop Lock It Drop It video with Huey, I would say CC is the Pop Lock It Drop It video <laughs> or the chicken noodle soup Oh my God. You know, it's ironic that you say pop lock and drop it because I literally told Krista, I was like, you know, um, the best freak dance I ever had was to the song pop lock and drop it. I don't know why, but that song, like, <laughs> that song really got going. I remember Baby You. I remember that. That was like back in the high school days. Oh man. People still hit that on TikTok and stuff. <laughs> you know, it's, it's it. <laughs> I think the first time Krista told me her name was Cece. Let me ask, can can I cuss? 
Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Everything okay. is, Our sponsor everything is mind. explicit. Yeah, everything is explicit. Okay. I think the first time I met Cece, I was out with Krista and we went to take shots and she was like, I'm Cece, bitch. And, <laughs> and like, oh, back a shot of like tequila or it could have been Hennessy at the time. But I remember that's how I was like, who the fuck is Cece? And. <laughs> I heard CC like it's Henny. <laughs> yeah. Henny Queen. Yeah. That was like my yeah. drink. My 21st birthday. That was like all I drank. Even when we got out, what went out? Man, actually, we went out a lot together. Now that I like think about it, we went out a lot. <laughs> we was in the streets, but not in a bad way, Jared. Hold up. Hold up. <laughs> Pause. Hey, everybody got a pass. <laughs> Oh, we're, we're innocently in the streets. Innocently. Okay. <laughs> okay. Streets ad- adjacent. <laughs> streets adjacent. Crosswalk. <laughs> you know, okay, lightly so... jaywalking. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Ashley, I'm sure you, you've heard our podcast. And we have a segment in the beginning where we say, like, how are you loving yours? So, I'm going to pass off the question to you on... How are you or how have you been recently loving yours? Yes, and I love this segment because it, it really, when I was listening to you guys' podcast, it really made me think like, dang, how am I doing that? Um, <clears throat> I think I'm loving mine by setting healthy boundaries. Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> how's that? Uh, uh, just because um, me and Krista have talked about this in our friendship and Jared, I'm sure you've experienced this. I used to like give a lot to my friends, whether it was time or advice or just anything. It was just me about focusing on how they were doing, but never checking in with myself mm-hmm. um, and never setting those boundaries on how, uh, how we can check in with each other. Like I remember not being there for someone at a time because I was going through my own stuff, but they just saw the overall picture. Like I disconnected from them and, and that became an argument or made them feel like our friendship was on the Mm -hmm. tide, like, you know, in a problem, but it wasn't. Um, And nowadays it's just like, in order for me to be a better friend to you, I have to set the boundaries that I need to work on me at times. Like mm-hmm. I can't, uh, I can't uh, reply to you right away if I, I just don't have the energy for it. You know what I mean? I, I have to, that doesn't mean I'm leaving you on red. I mean, I might for the moment, <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> but that doesn't mean I'm purposely ignoring you. That just means that I'm, I'm doing something for me. And then when I am good and collected, I can get back to our conversation, if that makes sense. That totally makes sense. And it's hard to set boundaries, right? It's really hard. Um, And sometimes really uncomfortable too. And how hard is it for you? Because I know you're a person that's always there for people. Always there, always down, always (laughs) over it. So how have you been able to kind of uh, justify that in your mind or kind of motivate yourself to have these boundaries and stick to them? uh you're absolutely right on that Kristen with the always down always there um I honestly I started caring about me if that sounds like 
you know, it goes into that whole, ooh, self-love. And some people think it's corny or like, oh, here we go. The girl who's speaking about self-love, but it's real. And all that time I spent always being down and always giving, I never gave anything to myself, like at all Mm -hmm. until I ended up in a dark place. And it's not their fault. It's not anybody's fault, the place I ended up. It's just, you know, sometimes if you have a bucket, right? And you keep pouring out stuff, but there's no refill. You just have an empty bucket. Mm-hmm. So, and then you can't give to others, right? Right, right. So it was me really just finding that line of, I have to give to me right now because I can't give if I'm empty, you know? Mm-hmm. And I can't receive if I'm empty either in like a weird, complex way, you know? Yeah, I feel like yeah. it's hard to receive. And I think, Jared, you've had experiences with this too, right? With boundaries and... Yeah, boundaries and especially like people pleasing, you know, always wanting to put somebody else before myself. And I kind of bring it back to that thing with, um, you know, when you're on the airplane, they say, put on your um, oxygen mask first in case of emergency before you put somebody else's on because how are you going to help somebody else when you over here passed out? Like put yours on first, make sure you're good, and then you can help others. So I always kind of think of it like that. Like you need to make sure you're coming in there with a full cup or a cup that can pour before you're just pouring out an empty cup. And that's not helping anybody. That's like the blind leading the blind at that point. That's so funny. Yeah. (laughs) He told me that the other day and I was like, so bad. We were, what was it? I forgot what it was, but I was just like tired and drained. And he told me about that analogy of the the airplane. I'm like, shut up. I'm over here like, oh my God, mind blown. Like, he is so right. It makes me think of like white chicks where he's running to the bathroom. He's like, move, bitch. You know, that's how I'm thinking of the mask (laughs) situation. Oh, man. All right. So, Jared, that was really good, Ashley. I love that. What, Jared, what, how have you been loving yours? Um, this is similar to last week's um, how I'm loving mine, but it really is going on strong where I'm adulting at like a consistent level. And I haven't adulted this consistently in my entire adult life. I'm on the wrong side of 25 right now. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's been a minute and um, I'm just hitting it with consistency. You know what I mean? I'm getting my work done, getting it done earlier on time. I'm um, making sure that I'm not only taking care of like my my mental health and my physical health as well, getting up in the morning and doing my exercise. I'm like reading like independently, like at, I'm, like not part of school, but just trying for, to better myself, and my own knowledge. And then, you know, I then take time to like play the video game, you know, and I'm not just like letting the video games or some bullshit just take up all my time. I'm just actually like, okay, let's get the mental, let's get the physical, let's get the personal. And then I kind of feel like I'm doing good with my IG because I know dudes don't get no likes unless you're popular, like on some like rapper shit. So I'm not really dropping my shit like that, but I do the stories and be like, oh, wow, and they be hitting me up. So that's how I sneak my <laughs> And I like like disseminating information about how to better yourself. Like, cause I've been following all these like, I guess woke um, IG pages. And then I just share that and people kind of talk to me about that and how it like helps them grow. So, you know, ever since I've been more part of the BLM movement, 
I've been growing in a lot of ways, not just adjacent to BLM, but of like LBGTQIA plus rights and like, you know, what's going on in India or what's going on with SARS in Africa or South Africa, like all these things that, you know, are injustices around the world. And as, you know, the great Martin Luther King said, um, an injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. So it's important for us to stay up on that. Uh, and I, I like disseminating that. So that's how I'm loving mine. Hashtag self. How are you loving yours? <laughs> yep. um, right. I think mine's again similar to last week. I think just being nice to myself. Um, I feel like I'm really hard on myself. Ashley knows I put a lot of pressure on myself. And so, <laughs> and it's hard for me. Don't give me that look. <laughs> it's hard for me <laughs> to kind of uh, acknowledge my accomplishments or, you know, to be nice to myself essentially. And I have a hard time like that because I'm Asian <laughs> and I was grew up with that stuff. And it's so hard to kind of unlearn that because I have accomplished a lot and I like to take time to appreciate that. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Don't yeah. <laughs> I'm saying yeah, because I always <laughs> tell her that I always tell you that like, you made me go into like a whole spill in my mind um, when we were texting what, like last week and you were just saying, yeah, you know, my little small side business. And I was like, no, like that is freaking huge, dude. Like the fact that you have this business, by the way, guys, you won't see this, but I'm, I'm right here with my customized by Krista item ready. Um, but the fact that we're in the middle of a pandemic and, and like you created something that you genuine love like I remember when we were in sorority days you were so good at crafting and I had like the little popsicle stick game going on <laughs> and, and you were just killing it you know and I was just like man she's so good at that and the fact that you took a hobby of yours and and created a business for it man, dude goals Give yourself more credit. Yeah. Also, if you're yep. not familiar with the sorority life, you have to craft a lot of shit. Like you gotta make stuff, you gotta make gifts. That was Man. stressful. It was a lot of money. <laughs> I remember me and no, Ash. Thank we you both. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Not go, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll go after. Okay. Oh. Um, I just want to thank you both for saying that because that brings us to our first sponsor, uh, Customized by Krista. Oh my God. Um, go to Instagram at Customized by Krista. Get, um, DM her Instagram and you'll get 10% off of anything from Customized by Krista. Go to the Etsy site. What's the Etsy site? I don't, it's the same thing. Customized by Crystal. Customized by Crystal. Yep. Look it up. Go ahead. Get you some. Um, maybe we'll put Ashley's um, or Diane's uh, thing in the in the in the picture to show what what can be done and what should be done. You know, personalize your flavors. All right. That's not that's not what she, that's not her term or her thing. But you know, we just saying shit. But you know, customized by Crystal. Oh you. man. <laughs> Well, he's right. Y'all been asking me about this water bottle. Here's the discount code here. 10%. Get it. Stop asking. Buy it. Come on now. Y'all didn't even say a code. You guys aren't good at this. It's supposed, there's supposed to be a code that they can DM me with. They can DM her the podcast. I was on that podcast. Yeah, I always love, love yours. yours. <laughs> I always love yours with a Z. Send it. Get 10% off. If you don't put okay. the Z, you get, you get 5% off. 
Oh, I'm getting <laughs> hot. My face is getting hot right now. <laughs> I feel so embarrassed. Okay, anyways, thank you guys. I love you guys. Um, but yeah, so me and Ashley were in the same pledge class. So we rushed the sorority that we're both in at the same time. And there's definitely like an age difference too. I knew um, he was but, getting into that. <laughs> but <laughs> we had to craft hella. And I remember how stressed we were like during those days trying to craft all that stuff. Ugh. But anyway, before we get to that and all our memories and stuff, what is on the timeline, guys? What have you seen on your timeline that, you know, you're like, okay, I got to talk about this? Gorilla glue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was checking out my braids today and I wanted them to be nice and neat for y'all when you see me. And I was like, should I use Gorilla Glue? Is that is that it? Oh my god. She ended up getting it taken off like by plastic surgeons. So if you guys don't know, this woman, does anybody know the story really well? <laughs> I got yeah, you. Okay. <laughs> or Jerry, yeah, no, Jerry, you, you got it, Jerry. No, no, you're the guest. I would be remiss if I didn't give you the opportunity to go. So go for it. All right. So um there is this hairspray called got to be glue which a lot of people use it to lay those edges down all right or you know a lot I, I know it's widely used in the black community when we're applying wigs and laying that you know that that best lace that invisible down but a lot of it, it's a hair product so she ran out and she wanted to do a nice sleek ponytail with the edges laid so she picked up Gorilla Glue, which is uh, a very strong glue <laughs> um, that you should not be applying to any body part. It's like 12 times on crack of crazy glue. And uh, she laid her that's edges a, with it. That's the best description <laughs> of Gorilla Glue. <laughs> uh, mind you, her edges were laid, okay? But they were permanent. Um, yeah she looked fresh (laughs) but it's you can't switch it up (laughs) that's why I was like man her ponytail was rocking though like for weeks being like that um anyway she ended up like that for weeks and she had to go to the emergency room urgent care because she she was stuck on the forehead and um she ended up getting flewed out as the city girls would say flewed out to Cali and uh, a, a plastic surgeon was able to remove the glue. Pro bono. Dang. He didn't have to pay for shit. He did it, you know, off the, you know, off of nothing. But he apparently he does this. He he helps out people that have, that need plastic surgery and that are unable to afford it. And he does a lot of pro bono work. And she had a GoFundMe that was going for her, but since she didn't have to use the money. She um she she used like she got like uh, thirty thousand um from that GoFundMe. Uh, she just took out money for her flight and for her first ER trip, but everything else went to charity for people that oh, wow. need plastic surgery. So that was really cool. It had a good ending to the story, which is good. You know what I mean? You like to see that kind of stuff on the internet because sometimes it can be what they call a milkshake duck, where you think it's funny and it's cool, and you find out it's a terrible person, like the dude with the um the the cat zoom. Like, you know, everybody think, oh, yeah, that's funny. Like, he was a cat on Zoom and he was a lawyer. Ha, ha, ha. But apparently he was like um, 
a super terrible dude who was like stalking this woman and she had sex with him one time and he got her to go to jail off of some BS and all this terrible stuff. And he was a horrible person or is a horrible person. So um, yeah, that's a milkshake duck right there. Oh, damn. damn. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was thinking the other day, it was so stupid. Um, I was like, I wonder if Gorilla Glue is getting more business <laughs> because of it or because of this incident. Well, if I need some glue, I know where I'm going. That's for sure. Right. <laughs> you know, if if um, I would say, guys, if your bumper falls off your car and you can't get it fixed, you need to straight up gorilla glue that shit. Just <laughs> mm-hmm. spray it on. Some people said they were going to use gorilla glue to fix their relationships. <laughs> that was per Black Twitter. I love Black there Twitter, you go. man. <laughs> Same. <laughs> all right so what's on your timeline jared do you have anything um well you know it's black history month and you know i wouldn't be my mom's son if i didn't give some black history month facts you know so i'm just gonna spit a few real quick and then we'll move on to you okay krista sounds good first uh, back in the day one in four cowboys was black um you know apparently they don't show that a lot clearly they don't show that a lot on like you know the films and all that stuff but one in four cowboys was black uh, the iconic cartoon character Betty Boop was inspired by a black jazz singer in Harlem named Baby, or her nickname was Baby, but her actual name was Esther James, or Jones, I'm sorry. Um, interracial marriage in the United States was banned in 1644 and not overturned until 1967. So that's crazy. <laughs> um, Stevie Wonder is not only the first artist to win a Grammy for album of the year, for 1973's Intervisions, Intervisions, sorry, I I actually have that album, but the first and only musician to win an album of the year with three consecutive studio albums, Stevie Wonder, for the win on that one. And then computer scientist Lisa Gelberter assisted with the 1995 creation of Shockwave, which is basically why we have gifts. So a black woman is partially to thank for gifts on the internet. So I, I didn't know that. And I thought that was pretty apt for our, um, you know, way of life nowadays. And the last one, um, Ruby Bridges was the first black child at an all white public elementary school in Louisiana. And she turned 66 this year. And uh, my dad is like, um, <laughs> like five, 10 years younger than her. So like, that's crazy. Yeah. So. Yeah, this a lot of a lot of the things that we take for granted are very new within you know our society, and you know people will be like, "Why are you still talking about that? That that, that was a long time ago." It's like, "What you mean, my grandma? Like, come on!" <laughs> that's that's what, people yeah. love people love to say it was a long time ago. It wasn't <laughs> at all. No, like it's no. crazy. Ugh. Well, thank you. That's those are great facts. Um, I didn't know Bye. about the cowboy thing. <laughs> did you actually? I did. You know, I am from Louisiana, so I had to oh. tilt my hat to that. <laughs> uh, but the gifts part, I did not know about. Learn mm. something new every day. You know, I don't have to be. You know, it's Black History Month, but I'm still learning too. So thank you. <laughs> yep. Of course. All right, Krista. What about you? What is um, on your timeline? It's cold <laughs> in so many states. <laughs> um, I just keep seeing like these like news 
on how cold it is in Texas and like how so many states and like how they're not prepared for this. They don't have the resource for this. So these poor people are really no without electricity and all these things. And I'm like, damn, this looks like the apocalypse, Loki. <laughs> Um, and it's just, it's sad to see because people really have no electricity and they're, they're, everything's like scarce, all the grocery stores and everything. And it's just, it's kind of crazy, man. I thought we left 2020 back, but I guess not. It kind of flew in <laughs> with us in 2021. Same shit, new toilet. That's all it is. <laughs> so if you are from Texas, you know. We wish you, well, you can't, I don't know if you have charge on your phone. <laughs> you might not be able to hear this month. <laughs> hey, hey, my cousin is in Texas and she was texting me in her car today. He's talking about, girl, ain't no heat. I'm, I'm ready to cry. I said, see, you need to get flued out to Cali because it's real nice out here. You got a good Why, why you got to say that? <laughs> she can come yeah, kidding with me. <laughs> She ain't got nothing to lose right now, I mean. Yeah, my auntie's in Texas, too, so I know exactly what you're talking about. She's dealing with that. I was like, you got power? You good? And she's like, yeah, we had power for about, uh, for, we've had power for the last seven hours, so I got some water and everything for the next four weeks, so I should be straight for a while. I'm like, damn, yo, it's real out there. I would cry. I would not be able to, I get cold so easily. I would not be able to survive. <laughs> <laughs> It's just crazy on how um, I think uh, one of the mayors or the governor resigned, right, in Texas because of the mm-hmm. comments he made talking about uh, y'all need to stop complaining. It's cold. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he said that nobody owes you nothing. The government don't owe you nothing. And it's like, we pay bills for this. Like, we pay taxes for this. This is exactly what we pay for. If the government isn't there to help us during a crisis, then what are they here for? And it's interesting, like if you look at the power grid um, of America, uh, um, there's a, there's two sides: there's East Coast and West Coast, and then there's Texas. And <laughs> Texas has decided that they don't want to be part of the American power grid system because they don't want to rely on big government. So now their whole shit's fucked up, and they're like, "Oh, we need government aid." And just last, like four months ago, Ted Cruz was talking about, "Oh, California always got a fire. They're always running out of AC and energy. They always need to rely." And now he's all like, "Can we get some of that government help, please? That big government help?" It's like, Tim, bitch ass, Ted. Bitch. <laughs> Sorry, he's a little bitch. I wish I seen him in the streets. Any Canadian too. <laughs> oh, oh dang we didn't expect that there's nothing wrong with canadians but how are you gonna be a terrible american but you canadian like that don't make no sense hey i bet he bad he missing out on that two thousand dollar check a month that's what they popping off in canada oh yeah they are that's i, I we didn't move there <laughs> i think okay. i could be into syrup <laughs> <laughs> or Canadian bacon. No, I'm not into Canadian no. bacon. I, I hate Canadian bacon, actually. <laughs> it's hair. Right. We got racism <laughs> over there, too. <laughs> we got racism everywhere. Honey. I hate to break it to you. <laughs> All right. So, the fun part. This part, I don't know if you guys, if whoever's listening has listened to our first few episodes where we did an interview format. So, 
basically that's kind of why we want guests on is to kind of interview them about their life and and kind of see how their life has evolved the lessons they've learned and and all that good stuff so Ashley give us a little background on you who is Ash or who is Diane who is Ashley (laughs) who is Diane Ashley you know that's a great question Chrissy because I'm still figuring that out and I think that's okay because I had so many moments of my life where I told myself I was this person or that person or wanted to be this and I was neither and I don't think right now I'm even ready to put myself in a box of who I am because mm-hmm. um, I'm still figuring it out and people out there who's listening it's okay to still figure it out um what I do know is that I'm ready and ready can mean many things it doesn't mean I'm ready to figure it out but I'm ready to try things out and experience things and seek things um and accomplish things to ultimately get to who that person is Mm -hmm. Um, snap snap (laughs) I'm excited you know because of all that I'm happy which is a year ago wasn't (laughs) wasn't necessarily the case um so that that's who I am right now I'm I'm figuring it out okay I love that answer actually because I think we're always figuring it out I think our personalities and who we are is very fluid right especially as we grow imagine like us if you think about yourselves like a few years ago like or even a year ago, you're like, holy crap, I'm, I've changed so much. But you did mention you're from Louisiana. So I think a lot of people are wondering, Louisiana, California, what? <laughs> so let's start there. So what do you mean? <laughs> oh, got it. All right. So it's very complicated. Um, pretty much I was born in California. Uh, I was here until I was nine years old. Got some unfortunate news that my grandfather passed away. So we moved to Louisiana. My whole family is from Louisiana. A little additional Black history. Know a lot of Black people back then, um, if you were from the South, you tried to move West. A lot of uh, Black people migrated to California because it was better opportunities. You could find work, you can buy (laughs) houses or live in a community where you weren't um so you know there wasn't a colored bathroom or a colored waterfall it was more opportunities obviously still had some racism and uh those of us that live in california today you know we we're in a good place okay compared to Mm -hmm. the other states uh we still have a lot to work a work to do but i'd rather be here than in um (laughs) tennessee right now that's for sure um, especially as a black woman and as a black woman that is of the LGBTA question mark, all the additional community, you know, shout out to all my people. Um, so I moved there to Louisiana, um, grew up out there. So I definitely grew up in the real country. We had cows, pigs, chickens, geese, like who has geese? We did. Okay. I had a pet <laughs> geese. Um, what was his name? Uh, Lucy, because she had like a little, 
she had, she was a little sketch, but that was my girl. Okay, <laughs> she was like the right, <laughs> the right of the geese. She was, she was like she was the shy one. It, we had like twenty geese, and she was the solo one. So she needed that like extra attention. Um, <laughs> I, she got left out. She was the oddball, but that was my girl. Um, <laughs> went to a super small school. Okay, super small, as in my graduating high school classes of 27 people yes 27 people uh my school went pre-k through 12th so my oh wow yeah I started there in fourth grade and the people I started with in fourth grade I graduated high school with them we grew up together a lot of their uh a lot of my teachers were their parents my best friend's moms was my teachers um very small and then I was just like you know this isn't it for me the small town's cool but I'm going back to California uh joined a sorority went to CSUN that's where I met Krista and that's probably why she always thought I was obnoxious and loud because I was such in a small town that being seen was just normal so when I went (laughs) to a school that was huge I felt I needed to show like hey you're not about to count me out I gotta say, okay, Jared, when Ashley, when I first met Ashley, I thought she was annoying. <laughs> wow. Because she was like, I don't know what it was. Like, you all, <laughs> one thing I remember is when we were in our little like pledge class meetings, because we would meet every Monday, and they showed us a video of like, I forgot what it was, but it was just a video with like the like a saying and someone was reading it. And then you hear Ashley reading it in the background, like, girl, nobody asked you to read read it. And she's like reading off the screen. <laughs> do you remember that, Ashley? I do remember that, but people don't understand. I really gotta read stuff on my own and in my own voice to understand the content of what's going on. And those meetings were boring. Yeah, they were. But it's funny though, because we ended up being the closest uh, in the sorority. <laughs> so, Nine years later. <laughs> you thought real quick, was y'all the was y'all the only brown ones in there? No. No. Uh-uh. Okay. We were we did have my car was the ratchet car. Remember that? <laughs> we called my car the ratchet car because all the colored people <laughs> were in that car. Right. I think Krista was uh actually Krista, you might have been the only like Filipino girl to be honest at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Or I the only, so. you know, like yeah, I think so. So yeah, your car was yeah until car. after like once we were gone, um, there was more Asians for sure. <laughs> yeah, so Chris had the whip. Nobody else had a car. We was out here on with the bus pass, <laughs> and Crystal, like I said, Jerry, she was playing pop lock and drop it, and a lot of Travis Porter, and we had Am I going to get in the Tim McGraw car or am I going to get in the Travis Porter car? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, know, you know, nothing bad about Tim McGraw, but Travis Porter, Tim McGraw. <laughs> Proud Boys, <Yeah>. BLM. 
I totally get it. I was working at a, um, a lifeguard. I was learning as a lifeguard and I would put, you know, the Motown jams on for everybody. And then here come the motherfuckers coming with the country music and everything. And it was just, it hurt my soul. I put my sunglasses on, put my hat on. I didn't look at none of them. So my shift was over. I walked right out that mofo like, y'all know I ain't talking to you. <laughs> so I know what you mean. Yeah. Jared, they oh. were probably, this might be crazy, but they were probably like, he can swim. Because you know how it's like a myth that black people can't swim. Hey, you know what? You know what's hella messed up though? I was like, I'm going to show these fools I can swim. Mind you, I went to, I didn't realize this, but I was going to a school that was D1 in swimming and water polo. So I'm like, I can swim, I can hang with. I've never met anybody I can't hang with. But some of these motherfuckers went to the Olympics. So I'm out there swimming, thinking I'm doing good. And they'll be here, hands up, not just, you know, in the deep end, just like, oh, you know, I was gonna go to and I'm like, yeah, I'm cool, but I'm, I'm working. <laughs> and they were just like, so, you know, after this, I was gonna go do a few laps and, you know, I'm like, God damn, I, I lost so much respect. They're like, he can swim, but we still gotta <laughs> watch him. Somebody's gotta be working when he's working. <laughs> we don't trust his ass. Oh, man. <laughs> Ashley, did you ever feel out of place being in the quote unquote American white sorority? Because we could have gone the multicultural route, right? So, did you ever feel out of place or did you ever feel like, you know, just kind of uncomfortable being in that or? or what dude absolutely absolutely um I wouldn't change anything I did in in college or the sorority I chose because you know then me and you wouldn't have been you know connected I still have friends that I'm connected with and met through that that are my lifelong friends but oh man I really wanted to be an AKA so bad and I got to see son and you know, half of the Divine Nine was, Divine Nine, by the way, guys, is Black fraternity sororities. Um, they originated because the white sororities and fraternities wouldn't accept them. So as Black people, what we do, we create our own wave. So that's what that is. And I went to CSUN and half of the Divine Nine was suspended for hazing. <laughs> so I was like, well, Delta's a and um, <laughs> and I joined, but I definitely felt sometimes I was like, quote-unquote, this some white people shit. <laughs> you know what, though? Jared, I can't tell you, Ashley got along with anybody, like anybody, like you give her, give her someone, I don't know, that's just super weird. She'll find a way to relate to that person. So I feel like you're like a chameleon when we were in a sorority. Like you were able to talk to, to anyone. It's not that code switch. <laughs> you gotta learn it. It's, it's the way that you survive in that kind of environment. Like, Ashley, I mean, I don't know how, I'm gonna ask you how it was for you um, when you were growing up what it must have been like when you were, um, you know, for me, I was, when I was in class, I was one of only, one of the only black kids in the school, or at least in the class. Um, when you were growing up, was it like that? And then when you came to Cali, and you may have noticed a difference in the individuals that you were in class with, what was that like? Oh, definitely. Um, I had that uh, quote unquote, Jared, we got that light skin privilege. Um, there was other black people in my school, but they were of darker complexion. 
and I had the white stepdad. My stepdad raised me. He's white Italian. So a lot of people assume that he was my biological father. So a lot of my friends and stuff, they would always be like, oh, it's okay. You know, she's one of us in a sense. And growing up, I never realized that kind of, you know, that put off or that privilege until I started taking Africana study classes and Pan-African study classes and just educating me on my own culture because even my mother is light skin and um, love her to death, uh, shout out to her, but she didn't really teach me my full blackness, right? And she always used to say, it's always the light skin ones that are so black. And I don't know if you've ever heard that, Jared, <laughs> but <laughs> you know, and I think that's just because we're in that that middle, you know, we are light skinned, so we do receive that light skin privilege, but sometimes we are counted out from, you know, people who are more melanated and we we are accepted but not really accepted by white people or people who are not black per se. So I definitely dealt with a lot of push off and and trying to figure out who I was as a black woman as a proud black woman too at that and it took me a lot of time just to even be proud to be a black woman which a lot of people are like what do you mean like I I bathed and basked in my light skin privilege and I didn't call people out on the racist shit that they were doing because I was like well I'm a part of them um but now, you know, I be having my daishiki on. You can't even say nothing around me. <laughs> there you go. That that isn't proper, I guess, in, in that sense. But yeah, growing up, it was different um, being in that. And I took advantage of that and, and didn't also didn't realize the disprivilege or the privilege I was throwing out against other people who were more melanated because they did get treated worse than me in school because it might even the staff at the school would always be like oh Diane didn't do that if I did something stupid or stuff that I should have got suspended for they would call my mom and my mom would be like I handle it and they would be like it's cool but the more melanated uh student would get suspended straight off the bat like yeah so can you guys described no yeah can you guys describe in both your experiences the I guess colorism in in within your culture like the light skin versus black skin because I don't I don't or darker skin um so because I don't really know if a lot of people know about that so can you guys kind of explain what that actually means well um I'll say this for me, my little brother, same mom, same dad. He just dark. He, 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 he we, 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 um, we, you know, had a lot of names for him because he was darker than me, and I was lighter. Same mom, same dad, and he has like the more um, kinky, tighter, curled hair, whereas I have the quote unquote nice hair, you know. Um, and then uh, growing up, um, I didn't. Of course, as a kid, you don't notice these differences. But I know that he experienced different, um, being treated differently. And for me, um, it's always like, oh, what are you? Or is your daddy black or is your mommy white? Or how is this working? I was like, both my parents are black, just happen to be light skinned. 
there's, I guess, some French or some shit in my history, but, you know, I don't know which slave master was fucking one of my grand, you know, parents. So it is what it is. I'm out here. So like, and then it's like, oh, why don't you get one of those, um, those DNA tests? I'm like, so they gonna make me me and then I'm gonna pay them to figure out what I am because I was taken from my people and no, 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 you ain't gonna get me with the oopty wop on that one. Um, and then I remember growing up, it was always like, I was not, I'm never black enough for the white kids and I still wasn't black enough for the black kids and I wasn't white enough for the white kids and the black kids, you know, it's just like, hey, you you gonna need to be with us or you ain't with us, I mean, it ain't either or. So it was it was difficult finding who I was because I, like I, for a while I thought I had to be, you know, you black, so you gotta be uber black. You gotta be go over here rocking this, wearing that, wearing the FUBU and then wearing the, um, the I wore a do-rag for a while when I wasn't even, I didn't know what I was doing. My dad slapped that shit off my head because he didn't like it because he thought that it looked ghetto. And you know, he my mom worked hard to move from San Francisco to San Mateo in an area that was, you know, a better area for me to grow up. But I was further away from people that looked like me. I mean, we had no family members around. So I was just, you know, the only black kid around, no family around really. Older brother was so much older that he was already, he was in high school, uh, two years almost out of high school um, when I was born. So like, I, you know, I just didn't have no family around to support me or help me. So I just had to really find out who I was while I was growing up. I don't even think I got there until the end of undergrad and college. So Ashley, how, how, what was your experience like when it comes to that kind of stuff? Um, it was the fact that just even moving from California originally and moving to Louisiana, um, I spoke like this. And if you guys ever heard how people in Louisiana speak or from the South, I initially stood out. You know, they the Black people call me white girl or they would be like, man, she's proper. Like, what does that even mean? Like, I used to be mind blown. And, and my mom, like, so me and my, even my brothers, me and my brothers, well, not my oldest brother because he was already who he was, but me and my close in age brother, we started to try to pick up on the accent because we were there and we we're growing up under it. And my mom was not having it. Okay. Um, they said like, why or fry and stuff like that. We would try to catch that. You know, we were like, we, you know, earphones <laughs> off. Our ear was listening because we wanted to assimilate more so, right? And because we didn't want to be um, the, the kids from California who were proper and thought they were better than everybody pretty much or the black kids who were white you know we didn't mm -hmm. want to be that so we tried and I'm telling you my mom was not having it as you can see to this day I grew up in Louisiana and I speak like this and when I tell people I'm from Louisiana because that's where I was raised that's where my mom was born and raised they do not believe me until they meet my family and they're like oh she's fucking country or <laughs> my cousins came out and visited one time and they speak you know like <laughs> Louisiana and, and they have all that southern slang shout out to them and they was like oh we from the country but Ashley from the country country like she got ducks and shit you know geese and shit and she fish in her backyard you know 
So everybody was looking at me sideways and I'm like, damn. Um, but yeah, I agree with you, Jared. Like I, I wasn't black enough and I wasn't white enough and I was just in between. So that gets part to what Chris was saying. I'm able to get along with everybody because I, I was just looking for friends. <laughs> yeah. I was going to find something about you. You thought the nickel was shiny. Bitch, I got a penny. It shines too. Let's talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man, do you ever um, feel like, like, uh, go ahead, Jared? Sorry. Well, it, it, I was going to kind of go on to a different topic. So if you want to, if you have something that you want to say that's on this topic, then go ahead. Okay. Well, we're not editing either, so you guys are going to hear all our stuff because <laughs> we don't have time to to edit, right? I don't have time for that. <laughs> um. But do you guys ever felt like it was hard for you to kind of speak up for the culture because you did have that privilege or do you feel like the same that you were able to speak up? Uh, I'm going to say for me, yeah, I was I was afraid of speaking up because I was also afraid of somebody be like, bitch, you got a white daddy. <laughs> yeah he he ain't my daddy he my daddy but he not my daddy you know like I used to ask my mom like oh like what are we mixed with like Jared was talking about she used to say black and jet black and I used to be like wait what how am I life skin (laughs) so yeah I was afraid for me I was I was never afraid to say anything I was never afraid to speak up I'm kind of in that sense, I'm the same way I was when I was a kid. I would get up, I would speak, I would say this, I would say that. I would not be afraid to just speak my truth. I think the only time that I ever felt that I might um, not be as willing is around more Black people, which was which was interesting because I wasn't so used to being around as many Black people. And oftentimes when my um, environments have grown what I am now and the way that I speak, I remember being around all my black friends on the basketball team, and then this dude was like, "Man, you talk like a broad," and I was like, "How so?" And they was like, "How so?" <laughs> like I was like, <laughs> "Like I'm I'm speaking in a way that is the right way. You know what I'm saying? Like, wh- why are you beat? Why why are you fucking with me?" <laughs> and um, no, he didn't say you talk like a broad. He said I play like a broad because we were playing um, Call of Duty, and I was whooping his ass. And, you know, of course, you know, growing up where I was, you know, you play video games at night when the, when the lights go out because you can't play basketball at the park anymore, but you got to be home by the time the light goes out, it's, you know, typical black shit, you know, um, as a kid. I, I think a lot of races had that too. But um, just growing up, I, that's the only time that I would be kind of hesitant to speak my mind or what I thought because, you know, other black people would cite me for what I would say and uh, kind of make fun of the way or what I said. And that's what kind of got me to stop talking. But at any other time, I would always be willing to speak up. And a lot of times when I did speak up, it was, you know, reinforced, people appreciated it. And I just, I hate those awkward silences. Like in class, when the teacher asks like a question and nobody's saying shit, I'd be like, I'll be wrong in front of everybody if we can get this shit going. Like, I don't care. <laughs> like, let's go. Like, either I, I told one professor, I was like, either I'm right or I learn. So let's get this going. And he was like, okay, Jared. And I proceeded to get it wrong. <laughs> so <laughs> I learned that day. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, Ashley, what are some significant life events that has 
kind of formed you into this person trying to still figure out who she is? Um, I'll go with the stereotypical kind of like the pandemic happened, man. The the pandemic happened. And let me not say that the pandemic happened and a new light came. Let me say that I had some shit that was already going on and the pandemic said, hello, you got mail, bitch. Like, it's here. Deal with it, pretty much. What um, mail was it? <laughs> what it say? <laughs> uh, broken up. Um, depression. Bitch unemployed. <laughs> um bitch you dumb you know? <laughs> it, it, it was like it's like say if you go on vacation and you come back oh an irs you owe some taxes or something like it, it was, damn you hit the the jackpot on that one <laughs> yeah shit hit the fan um during the pandemic and um i've, I've heard you guys this podcast regarding about how you felt when covid hit so you know yeah y'all i'm a fan of this podcast but um <laughs> that's kind of basically how it happened for me every I was already dealing with some shit that I was avoiding and not dealing with and not working through and the pandemic hit and all of that stuff surfaced to me face to face and I had to deal with it I had to be I was somebody who worked two jobs always um I was working at my school site which fortunately I'm still able to work now but not on site and I was bartending at night. So I was working 13, 14 hour days because I just needed to be financial stable for myself. That goes back to me loving myself and caring for myself. Cause even though I was financial stable, none of that money was ever spent on myself, like leisure things. Like I wasn't rocking no new clothes. Mm-hmm. I didn't have no whip. I was out here. I was a scrub hanging out the passenger side of the best friends ride um right <laughs> that's eco-friendly man i don't know why they were hating on that like damn i get it you know i was scrubbing you know i was out here yeah let me catch the ride um <laughs> and and all that stuff came into fruition and i had to really just deal with that and my friend shout out to my friend cookie um she her family has a house in mexico and she was the pandemic hit and she was like yo I'm going to Mexico and I was like hey take me with you and this is like March 15 16 y'all so we had just got told take y'all ass in the house you're not coming out um and I hopped on a plane I ran out the house and hopped on a plane and I took the four agreements with me the book the four agreements if you guys haven't checked that out definitely do it's a life changer I took that uh, Janae Aiko had just released the album Chalumbo. Oh gosh! Oh no! So you were Girl, in there? I was in there, and I was in Mexico. I was in a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful house that was right off the coast of the beach. So every morning I got up, listened to some of that album, read the Four Agreements thoroughly which is a gift to me on my 23rd birthday that I never really read like that. I kind of sped through it. So I actually read it and it was like a healing journey. And when I came back, I was still going through those healings and the, the pains of the stuff that was in my face that I could no longer like put on the back burner. Mm-hmm. But that just really like 
transform my whole mental, my emotional, and my physical state. What are the four agreements? Like, what is that? I've heard of it, but can you give us a summary? (laughs) Yes. So the four agreements basically talks about um, during domestication, how we are raised. So this goes into our culture, our parenting, who raised us, the agreements we made with ourselves. Mm. Um, so a couple agreements I made with myself, um, just from, for, from where I was, I grew up in a very religious church, you know, and when I wanted to come out and, and let everybody know this is who I am, I shunned it because of the agreement I made with myself that that wasn't right of what I was doing. Um, when it comes to another for agreement you make with yourself is how you view the world. Um, you know, you can have the opinion that everyone's against you or you grew up poor. So you're going to be poor as an adult, or it's going to be harder for you. You grew up rich. So you're always going to be rich. It's, it's little things that help us make decisions in life, but we don't realize it stems from who raised us or how we were raised. It kind of reminds me of the self-fulfilling prophecy, right? The belief that you might have because of how you were raised and truly believing that. And even if you don't want it, still fulfilling that prophecy because it's so ingrained in you and it kind of influences the way that you walk, you talk and everything like that. Absolutely. That's that's pretty much how the four is. Wow, it's actually really cool. I kind of want to read it. That sounds really interesting. You should. It's actually a really quick read. I want to say it's no more than 180 pages. Um, every agreement, every lesson, I just read it like a day at a time so I could like take notes and to reflect. It's, 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 it's self-reflect. You know, when you read those, they're self-help. So you're supposed to go back and be like, oh, dang, damn. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So um, you you mentioned um, it was difficult for you, uh, and and stop me if you want. I want to talk about this or go somewhere else, but I thought I thought you were hardball. Uh, it was difficult for you when you were um, kind of coming out and being honest to who you were. And a, a lot of people talk about how they're kind of when they're coming out. I'm not trying to put any, any words in your mouth or anything, but it's like them finding themselves, you know, and they're probably there's probably a lot of po- people trying to put labels on you. Um, what, what do you think helped you get to somewhere where you felt confident about being who you are, wherever you are with your family, friends, and strangers? What, what do you think helped you? I, I mean, other than the, the four agreements, what? I stopped caring. And that, and that in itself is setting those healthy boundaries, you know, and I didn't just, um, I don't want people to think because I talked about earlier setting healthy boundaries. I just started doing that. I didn't just come out right now. So don't think guys, you know, out there that I set boundaries and then came out. I came out a while ago. Um, and, and honestly, it became a place where I was hiding a lot of stuff from like my mom and, and family members. And then I obviously I fell in love too. So it was just kind of like, oh, why can't we be around your family? You know, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And 
it it really I, so I feel in a sense that I pushed myself a little bit out when it came to my family but I was already out to my mom if that even makes sense I had to I had to stop caring because I had to look around and be like yo mom like I'm not on drugs like I went to school like I work like you no longer support me like I'm your child like this is who I am and it's sad to say but I was basically like take it or leave it you know and I Mm -hmm. and I started doing that with even the people I was around and other family members I was pretty much like take it or leave it like I don't do anything to you like you know everybody has their closet of skeletons I guess to say like how you gonna judge me you know um (laughs) and all I'm doing out here is loving you know Mm. And, and you out here with who knows what and and doing you so it really I had to really stop caring about my appearance to other people and I had to start realizing that if you love me for me um then you know as who I am it doesn't hurt you yeah yeah that makes sense that totally makes makes sense sense. so my uh, another question would be to the younger you before you came out or to anybody that's you know kind of you know on the other side of that that hasn't came out and struggling do you have any advice that I, mean, I feel like it's cliche to even ask that ask you that question but do you have any advice for them that you might have wished you got or that you had um that might have helped you in those times um if I'm going to my younger self or people in my position it's I probably just hug my younger self and just assure them that, assure her or if people who's looking at, at this for advice for themselves, that you, you will be you when you're ready. You know, like don't rush it. Um, Cause everybody has to come out or, or make decisions like that when they're comfortable. You know, I think of like my students that I work with and, and other people that might've been in my position. Um, I was okay financially. I was not even living with my family or nothing like that. So I, I was okay, I was okay to make that decision that, hey, this is just who I am and you can take it or leave it. But I do understand that some people, you know, they might be living with those family members or financially stable or dependent. And the last thing I want to do is tell them, you know what, fuck what they thinking, be you, you know, and that puts them in a bad position. But everything will work itself out and that's what I could say but also don't rush yourself to work out things you know that you can't change or you know that's my advice everything will work itself out whenever you're ready yeah it's it's kind of like trust your process like I feel like with my own clients and and you know just seeing people struggle with relationships or their career it's because we're, we compare ourselves so much in social media and all these things that sometimes it's like, ah, oh, like, am I doing this right? Blah, 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 blah. But again, what works for somebody else might not work for you. And so it's a lot of self-reflection and self-awareness and self-exploration, trying to figure out like, hey, what is my process? My process, not... Ashley is not Jared's not Chris's what's my process look like and, and it's kind of hard it makes sense because 
we don't want to have no control over our future like ill <laughs> right being not in control of what you want to be in control of is scary however the more you control something that's out of your control is draining and it's gonna deplete you and and frankly is not helpful right so I love what you said about that like kind of just trusting your process and everything I know that also and I'm really proud of you that you've embarked on this huge fitness journey and you haven't mentioned it I was just gonna ask that (laughs) you haven't mentioned it so I'm gonna mention it for you because you have transformed a lot and I see it on your Instagram and your motivational IG stories so tell us more a little bit about that (laughs) thank you um yes you know fit life um um, no really is like I was telling you you know I had so many L's, so many L's until I had to get a W somewhere. And I knew it started off with uh, my battle with depression. And I had to, I knew there was a bunch of reasons why I was depressed, but one in particular is I didn't like how I looked, right? I didn't like how I looked and I didn't feel good about myself. So I needed to get that back. I needed to get the power over myself back when it came to my mental. And I had, it was, it was to a point to where every day I woke up and I was like, I can and I will. I just took it one day at a time. I can and I will. And I would get up and I would work out (laughs) Um, and I would eat better. I always knew how to eat better, but did I want to, you know? Um, (laughs) No. No. unhealthy food is easier to when you're busy right like I work 13 hour days I'm not eating no quinoa salad and a turkey (laughs) lettuce wrap for dinner it just wasn't having I was eating like buffalo wings and I was drinking henny a lot okay you know I had to let that henny go because anything was not possible because I was walling out Um, but I did lose uh, 53 pounds and still, still counting. Thank you. But I definitely started thinking more consciously of what I was doing. And I started reading the ingredients that I was putting into my body. And work working out became uh, my, it became my healthy coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I was in such a, a bad mental state with everything going on that I needed something that was healthy and I was ready I was ready I knew I was overweight and not fit for two years but I wasn't ready and that's one thing I try to tell people they they ask me oh how did you start your fitness journey you know how did you lose weight and I'm like keep it real the the secrets in the formula they're not then it's not a secret it's out there you know you have to eat right and exercise but are you mentally ready to put in the work? Are you mentally capable of getting up and exercising? Are you able to say no to buffalo wings and eat that turkey wrap? Obviously, I listen to you, uh, Krista, and, and, and you're keeping up with being sustainable. Yes. You know, are you, you know, you're not, you're not supposed to starve yourself on, you know, a fitness journey. You're not supposed to deprive yourself of things you can have things um 
but it's how you do it. You know, I always tell people you have a bad moment, not a bad day. So I, I had to incorporate all that. I also had to change my social media completely. Um, mm. I was following a lot of pages that were Hennessy and crab legs. <laughs> 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 and I changed all that. I unfollowed those pages and I followed therapy pages I follow holistic pages I follow meal prep pages fit pages and I follow fit pages of people who were overweight and naturally lost the weight I didn't follow the big booty backshot bitches I didn't follow them (laughs) I mean I do got a couple of them on my timeline but for different reasons (laughs) that's different reasons yeah (laughs) I was following like people because I wanted to follow people who who were in like of me who were probably at a point where they were unhealthy they needed to change and and I just straight up changed my whole around me and and that's that's how I've been able to lose weight and stay on it and be positive and you know, and I, I have think people in my DMs now. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> I think also what you're basically saying, not really, I mean, like weight loss, great. Fit journey, great. But it seems like you've just started to prioritize yourself and take care of yourself instead of taking care of others. Would you say that's kind of the transformation, the true transformation of Diane slash Ashley. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, I really had to take care of myself, but it wasn't just, I mean, you know, I look good, but it it really was a a me thing. I had to get my mental together before anything. Mm -hmm. What would you say is life lessons that you've kind of taken from your life but also hope for yourself and for the future, whether that's for yourself or for the community or anything like that. What are some of those things for you? Uh, Definitely patience is a virtue and everything will work itself out. Okay, okay. And then the hope for yourself and the hope for whether you want to talk about the community or anything like that. Um, the hope my for myself, I, I got big things for me, okay, and it's gonna be big, everything big, big drip, big hey. risk. No, I'm just kidding. Hey. <laughs> um, no, I just hope I can be, you know, I could continue on this journey and be better than I was yesterday. I try to do small things like that. So what am I am to what I am today? I'll be better tomorrow, and I don't try to give myself ten year or five year goals. That mm. will work itself out. Um. And I hope, you know, the community starts, you know, thinking about themselves and then also realizing that people are human, but then remembering that they're human too at the same time. Mm-hmm. I love that. What, what's one lesson that you think that, let's say last year you, before uh, Chalumbo, before the four, um, I forgot the, the book already. <laughs> the four, the four agreements. The four agreements. <laughs> four agreements. Sorry, the four agreements. But what, what's one thing that you think might encapsulate some of the lessons that you kind of learned through all that that you might tell yourself back then? Like, I know there are things that I would tell myself a year ago, pre-COVID, that I want that I got on after COVID. 
what, what's something that you might tell yourself other than like it will all just work out what's one thing that you made you manifested into this life that you have now all right so let me <laughs> let me make sure i got this right so what is one thing that i would tell myself before the four agreements and stuff that would manifest this life that that, that you yeah that, that you would um that you feel you have um incorporate into your life what's one like lifestyle change that really helped or one thing that you do um daily weekly or um consistently that really helps you stay on with this consistency with either the um putting yourself first or with the um working out consistently and training consistently what do you think is one thing or multiple things that you would just tell yourself that um that that helped you that that you know a younger you just a year ago would benefit from okay got it um I would definitely tell myself put that henny down (laughs) um and to be patient with myself and the last thing I would tell myself is I can do anything and will be anything I want to be oh there you go Mars (laughs) Um, (laughs) right (laughs) oh man I do wanted to kind of mention because I actually talked about and was very open about her story of depression and and her struggles mental health I do wanted to throw out a resource out there of course there is you know the national suicide prevention lifeline right it's 1-800-273-TALK um, there is also, if you don't want to talk, there's also the crisis text line. So this is, you text hello to seven four one seven four one. You could literally just text. You don't even have to call if that's kind of anxiety provoking. There's also the Trevor Project. So this is the only organization providing 24-7 crisis intervention and suicide prevention services to the LGBTQ and all the stuff youth. They didn't put it on their website, the other <laughs> thing. Um, but also, there's also something called a warm line. So this means you're not necessarily in crisis. However, you might be feeling symptoms of depression or anxiety and you need to talk to someone. So I definitely suggest that you go to namiurbanla.org. So it's N-A-M-I urbanla.org slash resources there you'll find warm lines where you could if you're not in crisis you could talk to someone and possibly also get some help so I did just want to kind of put that out there so and there's also a um, Instagram that I follow real depression project or at real at the real depression project is really dope they got like little quick slides and stuff that I like looking at that it's really um, informative and quick and simple and it kind of just is an interesting way to um, kind of help you shape your mind in ways that I feel like we're not learning in school or we're not taught, especially about our mental well-being and our mental health. I mean, there are lessons I feel like anybody can get at any time that I'm happy that I have. And there's a dog. (laughs) Okay, so we're going to end this on a lighter note on our Just a Tip segment. Ashley, if you didn't know, I'm pretty sure you know, this is a segment where we give advice to people who post on a subreddit called relationship underscore advice. So I got a good one. Um, And I really (laughs) am excited to hear Ashley's pick on it because you have the best opinions. (laughs) Okay, 
So this one, who says it? Well, oops, I accidentally cut off the thing. Well, whatever. The title is My Boyfriend Broke Up With Me Because He Came Out As Gay. Now he's dating a new girl. Two months ago, my boyfriend, who's 24, broke up with me. I'm 23. And said it was because he was gay and he couldn't lie to me anymore. He said that he had known since he was young, but didn't come to terms with it until recently. We dated for eight months and he gave no indication that he was gay. I obviously was sad because I really loved him, but I wanted to support him and his discussion to come out. However, after breaking up with me, he blocked my number and he blocked me on Instagram. Yesterday, I was stalking him from a fake Insta and saw that a girl tagged him in a post. It was a picture of her showing off a bracelet on Valentine's Day that captioned Valentine's Day came early this year. She put the name of my ex and said, insert name, bought me this beautiful bracelet and I love him so much. I clicked his tag to make sure it was him and it was. I followed her account and she's been posting stories all day with him and they even kissed in one. So I'm almost 100% sure that he's not gay. I'm devastated. Did he lie to me about being gay? If so, why? Why wouldn't he break up with me normally? This is making me feel so awful and confused. Should I confront him about it? That's funny. What do you guys think? <laughs> Ashley, your fame. <laughs> let, you know what? Let me grab another white claw <laughs> for this one. <laughs> just, just, just one second. <laughs> Well, she gone. I'm gonna just say real quick, that boy ain't gay. That boy was never gay. You probably gotta, you, you know, you probably gotta, you know, wipe yourself down. You might be stanky down there, but that boy ain't gay. He was just trying to drop you like a bag of potatoes and keep it pushing. That's what I think. Now, Ashley, now that you all um, white clawed up, making sure that's low calories, you know what I'm saying? Staying on the fitness journey. <laughs> Tell part. us what you think. You know, let me, y'all heard that? <laughs> um, he is absolutely not gay. Um, one thing I, I was just talking to someone about this. A lot of people don't know how to be honest because <laughs> you have to look at it in a sense of what does honesty benefit them, okay? He could have told her, you know what? Keep it real. P ain't me. Um, so I'm gonna see you later. I'm <laughs> gay now and I got a new girl, but I'm gonna block and delete you. Um, it that didn't benefit him because she would have had all these questions and it would have been a mess in his eyes. So the best <laughs> way he felt he needed to handle that was to block delete and tell her he was gay so he could say it in other words, it's not you. It's me. But girl, it was you. And I didn't have the heart to tell you because I didn't want to do the drama. Yeah. No, he didn't have the balls to tell her, to be honest. Like, you can't really be loving somebody and not be honest with them, especially in that kind of point of view. I mean, just say that you you're the relationship has run its course. You can say a whole lot of shit other than copping out to the I'm gay. I mean, he could be bi. I mean, that could be still an option, you know what I mean? Yeah, the sexuality could be fluid, but you can't be switching it up every week, hurting people's feelings like, well, I won't, I'm not feeling you, so I must just not be feeling your gender. Like, it doesn't really, I don't think it really works like that. That's not a fair thing to do to somebody. And I think it's 
toxic AF. <laughs> I think so too. I think it's spot on, Ashley. Like, honesty is hard. It's hard to be in those uncomfortable moments and stuff. But this girl really be like, he's not gay. <laughs> Do you think she should still confront him? No, it was eight months. I need to know what this whole eight months was like because if he's already at B Day, with you know, he even got her a nice, I'm gonna throw it out there, Cartier bracelet. <laughs> he's in the pics, he's kissing, he's filling homegirl up. Sounds like homegirl's always been there and mm-hmm. he had her on the back burner. But I don't know what those eight months was like. It was only eight months, girl. So I need to know. what type of side chick was you or what type (laughs) of main chick did you think you were for him to already have a new boo and blocked and deleted so many questions (laughs) so many questions yeah you gotta keep it pushing on that one i i say yeah you gotta move on i I, and it sucks because maybe she just she feels like she didn't get closure you know and that could be a part of the thing too but at the same time it's like this dude really even talking to him is not going to really help you because he doesn't care enough about you to look you in the eyes and tell you the truth. So what makes you think that now he's going to tell you the truth? Like, <laughs> just, you know, you got to take that L and try to turn it into a W somewhere else. Yeah, you're not going to get the response that you want if he's a dick like that. Like, you're not. But just, yeah, it's not going to happen. <laughs> All right, we're going to do one more and then we're going to be done. This one comes from Dilbert2009. So the title is, does no contact actually work after after a breakup? My ex broke up with me a month and a half ago, and she still hasn't reached out to me. We were together for a year and a half, and we're planning our wedding and looking at places to live together. And then out of nowhere, she completely went cold on me and ultimately broke up with me. I figured after some time apart, she would come back. So I did not reach out to her a single time since that breakup. I was told that no contact for 30 days is an effective way to heal broken relationships and to reignite attraction, but she still hasn't texted me. Do I need to give it more time or is she gone for good? Your faces, it's like the best. What do you guys think? (laughs) Bro, she gone. She gone. She hella gone. And... I know exactly what website he went to because you know how when you go through a breakup, you Google how to mend a broken heart, uh, how to get my ex back. You know, I didn't did all those tips and tricks. So I know exactly what website he went to and they lied. They gone. They not coming back. You know, before she broke up with you, she already had in her mind for a few months it was over and Mm -hmm. she was just waiting you know sometimes people do that and it's it's pretty fucked up you know i'm not gonna lie it's pretty fucked up because you be sitting up thinking shit is sweet you know y'all probably just did it you know you probably probably bought her some flowers and she was like these is cute but she already knew it was over you know and she was just Mm -hmm. waiting for the right time for her to let you know okay i'm for sure for sure done but you're not hitting her up for a month and she didn't even say how are you you know when the exes text you how you doing and she hasn't hit you and it's been a month and a half she not she moved on yeah she completely. Gone. what do you think jared um 
Yeah, she, first of all, she for sure out. She <laughs> she probably have another dude or another chick. You know, you never know. Um, and Those people be, honest, be acting like <laughs> acting gay all and, of a sudden. And, and and people be so toxic. Um, and I don't mean, you know, she could have been like, I wanted to see if you was going to fight for me. Cause that's happened before. People, people be like, oh, I wanted to see if you're going to fight for me or um, you never hit me up. So you must not really wanted me or some bullshit like that, which I, I think is bullshit. Um, and if she's not hitting you, like, you know how they say love finds a way, like no matter what, if they, someone wants you, they're going to act in ways that show that they want you. And they're going to find a way to show that they want you. If they're giving you absolutely no signs, that right there is a sign. And the sign is, I want you. I don't want you now. I may have wanted you at some point, but at some point it just ended for me. Emotionally, like, like Ashley said, like at some point she was just emotionally discon disconnected and you may not have known it. And you apparently, and you said like, you know, she was cold for a little bit. And that right there, that was the, the, the Thanos snap that dusted away your relationship. <laughs> <laughs> he took she the diamond took out of Vision forehead. That was your forehead yeah. out there. She took it out and snapped like and yours. Gone. Because <laughs> I mean, and and that that happens. And um, I think the best thing for you to do right now, delete all the pictures. Um, delete all everything, block, remove whatever you need to do to move on. And man, get your ass on Tinder or something, man. Like it's time to it's time to heal. And maybe that's not going on Tinder. Maybe it's going on a fitness jersey jer jersey journey. <laughs> maybe maybe it's hanging out with your friends. Maybe it's you know finding some other way to stimulate yourself and find yourself uh, again. But it's definitely not within this chick. So you need to. You know, wish that one goodbye. She did to you now, because you for sure did to her. <laughs> oh my god! She out of here. I'm just thinking of where, like, like I said last podcast, of where are these rules, imaginary rules of wait thirty days, blah blah. Like what? Don't double text. Oh my oh, god! It's on the internet. I'm telling you, I googled that shit. I signed up to a free program. At one point in my life, oh I, was my like, God. I was like, I'm going to get that ass back listening to these motherfucking programs. You know what, though? Those articles that, okay, side tip, those articles that are on Google, it's a very generalized thing, right? It's kind of like, it may work, it might not work. And it sucks if people apply them to their specific situation and it doesn't go and plan or actually goes the other way in the wrong way. And so take it with a grain of salt, which you see guys see online, because a lot of times those are just super general. That's why I also suggest therapy, because it's tailored to you and your situation. Um, it's just funny. 30 days? Like, what? But I have to give people credit that make these online because they say if they don't hit you up, start working out. They definitely say some stuff in there. I swear. Yes, I I promise you. I'm telling you, I done been on them because I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna get their ass back and then break up with them. I had that whole like toxic back and forth <laughs> kind of thing. So here I was looking and I ran into those type of things that say you know, don't text them, avoid them. Oh my um, god! Block them. 
delete them from social media. But then in the meantime, it says also start working out and being a better you. Oh so they, my God. They didn't listen to the better you part. They just said, I'm going <laughs> to not talk to them 30 days and they're going to come back. Oh. Yeah, and what relationship grows stronger when you don't talk or when you don't have a communicate in the communication? Like, I mean, they say distance make the heart grow fonder, but I mean, like, with who? Like, you <laughs> your mom for hella long. They don't, they don't make your relationship better. Like, damn. Oh, <laughs> well, thank you so much, Ashley, for being on our podcast. I gotta say, it's like so amazing to see how much you've grown. I'm gonna get sappy. Yes, I am. Um, and I'm glad you're back into my life because for a minute you were going through it and unfortunately we kind of lost touch but you will forever be my lifetime friend my ride or die my party <laughs> person that I always throw up every time I go out with you <laughs> always you're always. so comfortable you're like if always. I'm gonna throw up let it be with Ashley. Ashley, because I, I trust you. That's the thing. I trust that you're gonna take care of me. Most of the time, I'm the one that's taking care of everybody, so I can't get that far. But anyways, my music loving, concert going partner in crime. Thank you so much for being here, and I'm so excited to have you again on here because I would love your take on a lot of the <laughs> just a tip stuff. <laughs> Um, but yeah, thank you so much for being here. Do you have anything to plug real quick before we uh, sign off? Oh, yes. Um, just thank you guys for having me. I am a fan of this podcast. I can't say that enough. You guys do have to listen to Kristen and Jared because, man, y'all be getting into some stuff and I love it. Um, I will be starting um, a podcast that's going to launch on my Fitversary. So it's going to be out April 2nd. It's going to be called Committed Positively. And it's going to be 10 minute or less segments of shit to think about. Um, So I'm excited for that. I also want to replug Customized by Krista again. Like y'all say, y'all been hitting me up about my water bottle. Get you one. (laughs) Get you a keychain. Get something. (laughs) It's there. Yep. Oh my god, thanks guys. I have great friends if you guys can't tell. Um, but yeah, this has been the Always Love Yours podcast. And remember to always love always love yours. yours. We can't do it on Zoom. Yeah, it doesn't work it, on Zoom. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I've been Krista. I'm Jared. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>